0: Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to the Behind the Business Show with your host, Ryan Drake. This podcast is my attempt at documenting the real-life learnings and lessons of growing and scaling businesses. Each week, we'll peel back the layers of what it truly takes to scale and give you the insights and tools you need to take your business to the next level. No fluff, no filler, just pure unfiltered access to the minds that make businesses blow up or bust. Let's get down to business. All right, welcome back folks to another episode of Behind the Business. I'm your host, Ryan Drake, and today we are joined by a dear friend of mine, Michael Young, all the way from Hong Kong. Michael is a productivity and business coach, founder of Elite Productivity, and his team's mission is to help grow and scale entrepreneurs return on time so they can experience simultaneously greater impact, income, and freedom in the world. Now, that's all the business stuff, but what you don't know about Michael is that he's also a basketball addict and huge Lakers fan. He's actually traveling over to watch a Lakers game in LA uh, in the near future. He's a cat lover, and he spends half his life on an airplane, and I guess would say you're like a partial digital nomad because you're always traveling. Welcome to the podcast, Michael.
1: Appreciate it, man. That's a hell of a intro and yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, I'm really excited about today's episode because Michael and I connected through a mastermind and that's how we're here and, and what I was so intrigued by was this new dude who kind of came into the group. And then I started reading his Facebook posts and Michael has this beautiful, unique way of writing that really hooks business owners and entrepreneurs in I think one of the things that entrepreneurs kind of love, uh, measuring is their own productivity. And Michael really specializes in this. Michael, can you kind of share a little bit for the people at home, how did you kind how did you get into productivity coaching?
1: Sure. So, for full transparency, if you were to tell me 7 years ago what I'll be doing right now, I would have thought you're crazy because I grew up with zero entrepreneur background and none of my friends and family were entrepreneurs and I studied veterinary medicine, which has got nothing to do with what I'm doing right now for college. And my first exposure to entrepreneurship only began when I started reading books, like think and Grow Rich, which I poured out on my third year in college, which is my first clinical year. And I started my first business, which is an econ business in my dorm. And 18 months later, I find myself Sitting on a highway, in total shock because I was hustling 12 to 16 hours per day for seven days per week for 18 months straight because I wanted to chase that dream of living that entrepreneurial lifestyle, and I was and my boy just gave out when I was driving back home from a um, job interview, and I just passed out without killing myself or without hitting anything. My car just drifted towards the. Uh, side of the highway, so it was at that moment that i thought that I realized in my pursuit to living that laptop lifestyle and creating that abundance of income impact and freedom, I almost lost everything and I basically screwed up, so it was by um it was back then that I stopped like that, that I really had to rethink whether hustling, grinding, and working every single waking hour is actually the right approach to building a business and most importantly, the life that I wanted to have. So that drove me down the rabbit hole of learning everything about productivity, leverage, simplicity, and everything that will allow me to not just work faster or work harder, but most importantly, create the highest output per time. And that led me into just learning everything about productivity. So that allowed me to game up my time, my business grew. But one Thanksgiving, my econ business went on a boom and bust. I made so many sales, that I wasn't able to restock in time. And my ranking of my product back then just tanked because I went out of stock. And I'm like, cool, that's it. So my so my mentor back then that, that was um that was late 2019, by the way. So around yeah, four years, four, four, four or five years ago. So my mentor back then told me, Hey Michael, guess what? You've gone through this, um, you've gone through so much, you've learned so much over the years as you built this business whilst uh balancing a 45, 50 hour per week job as a vet why not teach what you have with productivity to people? So that's why I did. I scrapped my, my econ business, launched a productivity masterclass, filled it with 20 people, all 20 people that December 2019 gave me video testimonials because they had amazing results and that served as a launchpad to me starting my coaching business. And that led to what we're doing right now
0: wow and so were you building your productivity coaching on top of being a vet surgeon or when when did you decide to transition out of that line of work
1: five months after i launched my coaching business i transitioned out of the veterinary um vet, veterin veterinary job so there was a time where I was pretty comfortable having like dual income streams because I was literally able to build a business and um, like it, it was making around the low six figure range and it was only consuming 10 hours per week of my time. So that was pretty amazing. And I held on to that for quite some time because like I still wanted to, like I still wasn't, wasn't sure whether it's the right time for me to um, let go of a career that is lucrative, secure, and um, and, and also allows me to be the son that my parents wanted wanted me to be. But then afterwards, especially when um, after, when when COVID hit, and I was working like twelve hour shifts from seven am to seven pm and seven pm to seven am, whilst being paid a lot less than what I'm earning in business, I'm like you know what, I think it's time to transition out of this career that I studied so hard for. And I can, I, I, I would say, out of the many, many risky decisions that I've made in business, handing in my notice and quitting my job is still by far the hardest decision and the a, and a scariest decision that I've ever made.
0: Man, I can relate so much. Uh, especially when I left my software software career and and marketing. And I remember being so nervous having that phone call with my manager to say I'd be handing in my resignation that afternoon. So kudos to you, man. I, I love that you were able to build your business and set it up in such a way that in five months you had the certainty and the conviction to really double down and pursue this which I think is a testament then as well to how you learnt to manage and bend time, which is your whole premise. And yeah. And if you guys read anything of Michael's after this podcast, you will see how passionate he is about ensuring that you get this return on your life. Um, Michael, one of my favourite books actually, which I think you'd love, it's, it's by an Australian author and it's called how to lose friends and infuriate people. <laughs> right. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a management and leadership book by far. It's the best book that I have read on leadership and like personal management, but in the first chapter, he, the author writes this line, which has always stuck with me. He said, um, time wasters are life wasters. And that really hit home in that moment about, uh, how much people myself included at times can just run on the hamster wheel of life, feeling like we are productive, probably more busy, um, but not getting anywhere. And so I'd love to hear from you. What do you think are the common entrepreneurial traps? Mm -hmm. That you see your clients or people fall into, in regards to mm-hmm. their use of their time.
1: If I were to summarize my answer into one word, it's going to be distraction, because this is just from an article published by um, published by Harvard University back in twenty nineteen, and pub and which publicized by Inc mm-hmm. magazine. We are living in. The most destructive era known to humankind. And I think every single entrepreneur out there, when they incorporated their their LLCs, they had an idea of what business they want to build and what kind of life they want to live. But once you get into entrepreneurship, you get hit with all these shiny objects, other people using other methods to achieve their own goals. And now you're just inundated with all these ideas of, oh, is the grass greener on our side? Oh, is this what success looks like? Should I be chasing this instead? Should I be building the business this instead? And what ends up happening is they get spread so thin that they sacrifice the exact things that they are fighting so hard for, which is their bandwidth, their flexibility, and their freedom. Because they're just overwhelmed, pulling, trying to run in many, many other directions and trying to just, I don't know, like skip between shiny objects and causing themselves a lot of unnecessary complexity.
0: And like, I totally agree with you. I think on the flip side, it's an incredible advantage if you can focus because all. All you expect of your competitors then is that they just need to go down the TikTok scroll hole and they're totally out of the game for the next 24 hours. Right. They're totally off in another world. Yeah. What would you say to those people then who do feel like they're constantly distracted, unclear, and unfocused?
1: I think more people need to spend more time with themselves to develop clarity. Because if you were to drill down on the root cause to any indecision, hesitation, or a perpetual cycle of chasing shiny objects, it all comes back down to this one cause, not knowing what you want. Because let's face it, there are so many opportunities out there. the worst way to build a business is to try to fit your business into a strategy or a tactic, instead of finding the strategy or tactic that fits into your business. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just have to think and really visualize and develop that clarity towards what is our North star? What are we actually looking to accomplish? And what kind of game we want to play because everybody's playing their own games the like my mentor said 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 this one sentence to me that it stuck with me for life um it, and it goes along the lines of this michael chasing someone else's goals is like wearing somebody else's pants it feels weird and it does not fit but unfortunately a lot of people what they do is that they just try on many, many, many pants of other people without really thinking about what kind of pants do they, what, what which pair of pants do they actually want to wear themselves?
0: I love that. What would you say for, I guess, some of those people who are listening and they really struggle with that whole idea? Like, Okay, great. Michael, I'm listening to you. You're saying spend more time with myself. What does that actually practically look like? If we were to give some guidelines or some, uh, mm-hmm. some process around how people could yeah. actually cultivate that habit so that it becomes sure. more comfortable because I think sometimes it's really scary. Uh, if, if I listen mm-hmm. to how people struggle or the feedback that people have around meditation is... I don't know how to sit with myself. I'm constantly busy. I don't know what to do when I stop Mm. running. I think the,
1: the, there are two ways for us to approach this, the framework that I like to begin with is to really build out my future self and the vision that I have for my future life as well as, as well as my future business. So there are a lot of journaling questions out there, but a few, like a few questions I love for people to start with would be something like, if I were to celebrate the end of this decade with a bottle of champagne, what would I be celebrating? Who, what kind of person do I want to become? Who do I want to be around me? How do I want to be spending my time? What does a perfect week look like and feel like for me? What is my business doing for people? What kind of mission are we accomplishing? Mm-hmm. And as we build out this ideal, we can make decisions according to this ideal. I'm not saying that you can just manifest and magically turn a perfect reality like perfect vision into reality but all i'm saying is we naturally draw certainty on certain events or certain images in our minds and most people the reason why they allow the past to repeat the in the Mm -hmm. present is because they hold so much certainty, emotions and clarity in a past because it has happened. And they don't have any clarity, emotions or excitement or enthusiasm towards a future. So what happens next? You just draw your lessons from a past and keep on looping and looping and looping without actually moving forward towards the direction that you want to head towards.
0: Mm. And I love that question too. So have you, I I'm sure you already have the answer to this, Michael. So I'd love to ask you, how do you plan on celebrating the end of this decade with a bottle of champagne? What have you got written down for yourself?
1: We have hands down became the number one coaching and consulting company for entrepreneurial productivity. We are regarded mm. as the Rolex of entrepreneurial productivity, and we are well on track to eradicating entrepreneurial burnouts. So that's my vision for the end of this decade. I will be owning properties, not only in Hong Kong, but also in the US and also Thailand, which is my favorite place for holidays. I will have my own family and the list goes on and on and on, man. But most importantly, I'm having fun. My team's having fun. And I have a tight-knit group of people who I can call allies who are just the most amazing, bright-minded entrepreneurs and visionaries that I can find in the world.
0: Love that. And That's a short guys, version. Oh, it's so good. For those listening at home, notice how Michael had his answer right on the tip of his tongue. So good. So succinctly, so clearly, he was able to articulate it. And I think that to me is powerful. Actually, I was just sharing on my Instagram stories today how so much of time wasting is around the confusion that we're talking about. So, not only do we have distractions, but if you're distracted and you don't have that internal clarity about who you are, why you're here, what's your mission, what is the thing that lights you up, what makes the 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 fire and your soul come alive and your eyes twinkle when you talk about it if you know with certainty and conviction what it is you're here to do it's so much easier to get on with what you need to to do in your business in your life right michael is clear on where he's going he's got no time to entertain stories about why he can't do it or why it's not possible or some other shiny object thing that takes him down a different pathway. Um, I'm loving this conversation. One, note, I, I,
1: yeah, one thing I want to add is everything comes down to who would like, everything comes down to who's making the decisions because we can either be the person who decides how we use our time or somebody else can decide how we use our time. And we're living in a world where everybody's prying for a piece of our attention. Our clients, our prospects, social media, TikTok, YouTube, our team, all the notifications out there, all the ads out there, our the shiny objects out there. Like I'm not saying that none like I'm not saying that we should just shut ourselves off and be just this um and and, and live with a Nokia Nokia phone and we have no internet. But all I'm saying is before we choose our options that other people throw at us, we have to first look at where our heading towards so that we have made a decision on the 90% of the things that we should say no to and a 10% of the things that we should say yes to. A 10% of the things that we should say yes to must always align with our ultimate North Star vision.
0: Yeah. What's your... Yeah. What's your criteria, Michael? only
1: so, yeah.
0: I was going to ask Sorry? you, what's your criteria for evaluating uh, an opportunity or a proposal that has presented itself? How do you then distinguish for yourself what is the, the thing you say yes to versus the thing you say no to? Like there's some practical things that you end up doing to evaluate a deal, an opportunity, a relationship, partnership. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Number one, will I enjoy this? Number two, does this align with the goals that I'm heading towards already? And number three, will it give me a lucrative return in enjoyment, profit, impact, out of the resources that I'll invest into it. Because, like, I don't say yes to a lot of things, but I want to make sure that whatever I say yes to, I can go all in on. And the only way to go all in on something is to make sure that I can actually enjoy it and make sure that I'm able to actually put resources into it comfortably, knowing that it's going to be worthwhile.
0: Hmm. Yes. Love that. Um, Yeah. Michael, I read your post last week about your 2023 reflections, and you mentioned that you weren't playing to win, but playing not to lose. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more as to what you meant?
1: Sure. So it all came about when I went Really, really deep on journaling whilst I was taking the New Year's holiday off in Phuket, Thailand. And I was evaluating my progress in 2023. And whilst it is amazing, like, what is is an amazing year, both inside and outside business, there's a part of me that felt like, hmm, could I have done this better? Will I be further along by now, if I were to have made better decisions, which obviously is kind of something that we all feel as long as we're ambitious entrepreneurs trying to pull a future reality into the present moments. So I reframe the question from why am I behind to if I were to relive 2023 what I've done differently to move ahead with more effectiveness and efficiency. And when I looked at all the the answers that I wrote down, the root cause simply comes back down to me having a decision-making pattern that prioritizes not losing and protecting myself from downsides instead of winning and swinging for the fences. So I'm like, hmm, why is that? So I dug one level deeper. And we're about to dive into Wubu territory here. I'm just going to share it anyways. So I found out that while consciously I value growth and abundance, subconsciously I value safety and security. And when there's a conflict between conscious and subconscious values, your behavior, your feelings, and your results will always be in conflict. So what I had to do entering 2024 is to align my conscious and subconscious values. And now you might be thinking, for those of you tuning in who, who have also done some inner work, you know that subconscious values are deeply ingrained. And they are so hard to get rid of. So what I did here is reframe my definition of security and safety. Mm. And, and now I'm able to really move ahead and make abundance, growth oriented play to win decisions. Because now my definition of safety is not max profits and holding on to as much money in the bank account as possible. My definition of safety is me being able to play all out, knowing that I would have left nothing on the table, and I would not feel the danger of arriving at the end of my life, knowing that I've left my capacity and my potential in a table, and have to face hell on earth. Hell on earth being the person that I, am, that I am, meeting the person that I could have become if I were to have played all out. So that's by itself fixed. Well, hopefully will fix everything in Troy 34 4 and avoid me from having to loop around a pattern of playing not to lose as I did in Free and before.
0: I love your self-awareness there, Michael, in terms of being able to distinguish the difference. Cause I think sometimes we often can think that they're the same thing. Um, playing to win versus playing not to lose. And yeah. another thing that really stood out for me, man, is that you have some really beautiful personal standards that you conduct your life by one of those, uh, I loved reading about was that you've said that one of your personal standards is to maintain body fat less than 14%, I believe year round. And so I'd love to hear about some of the other personal standards you have for yourself in your life, outside of business, maybe even.
1: Sure. So Here's what I can say. I think we don't get what we want, we get what we tolerate. And when I raise my bar, I really want to make sure that I'm able to normalize high performance, and allow myself to be in a state where I have optimal cognitive function. And that's, I think, benefits not only my performance in business, but also how I show it in life. Because one thing that I absolutely want to minimize is our periods where I'm living in a gray zone. And by the gray zone, I mean periods where I am physically present yet mentally absent or periods where I'm just following through emotions and doing work in a state where it's, where, where I'm performing way below my standards because I'm tired, exhausted, and on my last leg. So that's, so when you ask me, what is my standard I'm setting myself for life, um, it's gonna be about how I show up overall. And that includes me staying healthy, that includes me prioritizing sleep, my nutrition, having enough sunlight, and really, adhering to systems and routines that allow me to show up and experience great days as often as possible. I say as much as possible because there's always going to be bad days. We can never, ever create a life where it's all sunshine and rainbows. But if I can just minimize the time spent in bad days or in a gray zone, then I would call that a good life.
0: Mm. All right productivity King, can you tell us then a little bit more about some of your tools, systems, your favorite apps or wearables that you love using to stay in this peak state of performance?
1: Sure. What are your favorite? So this might, this might appear surprising for a lot of people, but I don't really use a lot of gadgets. I'm pretty old school myself. And the I, I would say that say the only tracker that I use is a spreadsheet and an R ring, like the only performance tracker that I use that is techie is an R ring. Um, o U R A. If someone, um it, for for all the audiences here who haven't haven't heard of aura rings before, it's essentially a sleep tracker that tracks your um readiness sleep um like sleep quality and over activity levels so that's my tech piece and for the old school piece is my excel sheets like every single day i track my adherence to my core routines and my core habits so if i hit my morning routines evening routines exercise routines and so forth i will give myself a 1 on a spreadsheet and it's like um so it's one column for each routine and i track my level of consistency throughout my days and throughout my weeks so that i can really gain attribution and create that feedback loop and here's something interesting that um that i noticed because i've been doing this for almost five years now my sales close rates is directly correlated with my energy and my sleep amounts, shocking. And the performance of my contents is positively correlated with the amounts of deep work that I'm able to get in every single day. Deep work can be just writing contents, reading, or doing anything that is creative without dis- with, with without distractions. And since my input determines my output, it's natural for my contents to perform according to the amount of the that I get. So this is just like, yeah. So I think there's like, there's obviously other systems and processes that I put in place, but one thing that really change my life and really allow me to gain certainty is having a tracking system so that I can create a feedback loop between actions and results and optimize accordingly.
0: I love that. And I think you just That's really, painted... question. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I think you really answered the question that um, it's not about all the tools and gadgets and latest software. Again, I think sometimes the, perception or the chase of productivity leads people to trying new tools as a distraction from just getting on with the work they need to do and what yeah. you really just demonstrated is that it doesn't really matter what tool it is it could be notion ClickUp, or a spreadsheet the most effective tool is the one that you use you yeah can have all the bells exactly and, the whistles. and uh-
1: I've, there's a fine line between tools for efficiency and tools for effectiveness. So, what? You, so, you mentioned project management tools, and there's a lot out there: Notion, Asana, Trello, so forth. Those are tools meant for organizing the stuff that you go do, and it's geared around efficiency. But if we were doing the wrong things efficiently, then it doesn't really matter. So I think before we dive into those tools, we have to first prioritize effectiveness. And that comes from us being able to make the right decisions on what to do in the first place. So we can prioritize depth, we can prioritize intention, and we can prioritize our certainty around, okay, whatever I put onto whatever project management uh, platform that I'm using, those things are actually things that matter and things that align with my vision and things that will actually allow me and my team to produce the highest return on time and highest return on efforts. So, yeah, I love planners. I use a planner myself. Um, actually, I use a written planner because I don't like bells and whistles. I like something that's certain free um, But the main thing here with me using a planner or any project management tool is not for, so that I can somehow cram 20 hours worth of work into an eight hour workday. I must first decide what should be done in the first place so that I can say no and eliminate all the other things that doesn't really matter. So what's, what's left, I can then organize.
0: So good. And would you say, would you say you have certain constraints then as to how you protect your calendar so that the stuff that is not important just doesn't never get a slot on your calendar?
1: Yeah, every single week, I do an audit on what can possibly be eliminated or delegated whatever I should have eliminated, I make sure that it doesn't clog up my calendar ever again. Where I was delegated, I actually have like, well, this is some like for full transparency, I don't adhere to this every single week, but for most weeks, I want to have at least a two hour time block where I'm building systems or building SOPs so that I can delegate processes that is not worth my time. So that's one practice that I found to be really useful. And the second practice is I do always adhere to a weekly structure that allows me to batch all the reactive work in one area in my day so that I can be left with time for deep work. Where, mm-hmm. So um, where, where I know for a fact that wherever email, meetings, notifications, responses, or things that got to do with other people, they will be taken care of in this block so that i can actually have time for deep work without having to worry about all the other things that is demanding my attention
0: Mm. and how do you define deep work for yourself what does that actually look like Mm -hmm.
1: there's two types of deep work the first type of deep work is has got to do with thinking strategizing and really diving deep on decision making. So that's one part of deep work. And the second part of deep work has got to do with working on your craft and producing high quality work with peak focus and attention. So overall, if you you encapsulate deep work as a state, it is a state where all your focus and attention are directed towards a singular task or singular intention without interruptions or distractions
0: Mm. love that um yeah michael one one final question mate before i let you go for those entrepreneurs business owners people who feel like they're listening to this and they're like oh my gosh i am so overwhelmed think of the word to me as a flag that people are not in control of their time is when they use this word overwhelmed or Mm -hmm. busy. I have too much on my plate. Often that to me is like cool red flag that actually what this person is indicating is that they're not in control of their schedule. Someone at home is Mm -hmm. listening to our conversation and being like, that's me. Where would you suggest that they start to make some improvements around their productivity? What would be the first thing that you would get them to do?
1: Mm-hmm. Create space. Most people, when it come to me, like they're like, Hey, Michael, I feel like my time isn't well optimized. I think I get more out of my time or I'm just to max out right now that I cannot see myself handling any more projects, taking more clients or working on my business or doing the things that I know will grow me to the next level. So I'm like, what have you tried? Well, I've tried getting more efficient with this project management tool. I've tried this planner. I've tried being more disciplined. I tried working longer. I tried working faster. And here's always like, and here's always my answer. If, as long as you're taking the more as more approach, you will always find yourself maxing your schedule out and reaching your capacity. And it's just a losing game where you'll still be in a hamster wheel. What we have to do instead is to create space by really being honest with ourselves on what should we let go of. It can be a commitment, it can be an obligation, it can be a task that can be delegated, or it can be anything seriously that should not be on our schedule. And not only will this allow us to reallocate our time towards the things that matter more, it will actually allow us to have the space to think to breathe, to sleep, and to really go deeper on what is left. So I think that is the solution. Like that, that's a first step to Mm. eliminate overwhelm, which is to create space.
0: It sounds counter kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? If you're overwhelmed and busy, creating space can almost feel impossible, (laughs) or hard. Yeah. Actually we're
1: we're, we're all we're like when we're we're overwhelmed. All you can care about is how can I work faster? How can I do this faster? How can I be more efficient? But if we look around on our schedule schedule, there's a ton of things that shouldn't be there in the first place. So mm-hmm. why not just eliminate them and forget about them or just burn them up so you can create space to breathe?
0: Totally, yeah, totally. I love that, man. And uh look, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on today and sharing more of your wisdom and insights into coaching entrepreneurs who are often burnt out, exhausted, uh, you know, two inches from honestly, uh, a failed relationship or losing, losing something in their life because of the, the weight and the pressure that's often self-imposed, um, by trying to do too many things. And so I love that you've jumped on today to share a little bit about your insights and your own journey into productivity and how to perform at a very high level. Now, for those who are really interested in exploring what this looks like for them to take back control of their life, maybe to reduce their working hours and, and Maybe not a four-hour work week, but maybe a ten-hour work week. How do they get in Mm -hmm. touch with you?
1: Sure. So, I'm on most social media channels. If you search Michael Young, my surname is is spelled Y-E-U-N-G. If you search that on Facebook or on LinkedIn, that will probably pop up. Especially if you're friends with Ryan already, Um, you can also follow me on on Instagram. My handle's Real Michael Young. So r-e-a-l real michael young just spell my name and um that's where you can find me on social media if you want to really take the next step and re-dive really deep on um what i actually do for business and my offerings then you can also go into EliteProductivity.io. so it's elite productivity one one word.io that's my website and you can check out all the amazing stuff that we're going on so yeah um i think that's, that's about it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I share a lot of things. So yeah, (laughs) just follow me wherever you want to.
0: (laughs) Definitely give his Facebook page a follow because Michael is dropping content every day of the week for entrepreneurs to help them perform at an elite level in their life and their business. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I'll make sure that I leave all of your handles in the description of this episode. Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate your time and your wisdom.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me. And this is a lot of fun. So thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Tune in next time. Uh, And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share on your social networks with friends and people in your life who would benefit from this. Thanks for tuning in today. That wraps up our business today. And if you loved what you heard, I'd ask that you share it with friends, leave a review and tag me at It's Ryan Drake with hashtag behind the business or jump into the Facebook group to score all of the resources from today's episode. Until next time, wishing you peace and profits. Keep building. Ciao for now.